0: All right. Well, welcome back to um the JT follows JC podcast. It doesn't really have a name. Um, that's the stand-in right now. But today I'm really excited. I got my my new friend, uh Jenny Meyer from The Rooted Truth on. And she was actually the, the person I made my uh her podcast was where I made my debut. So actually it feels really cool to have her on now on my show.
1: Yeah. We, we had a great conversation. I loved it. So when you said you wanted to do a podcast, I'm like, totally do it. It's, I mean, it's super fun. I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. i I like talking price in case you haven't <laughs> figured it out by now. So uh, this is actually came, came one more natural. And when I went on, um, I said in prep in prep to do this podcast, I've been going on TikTok live and, and every now and then I have a guest, but a lot of times I'm just like, I'm just over there. It's just, just going on and on. So Having someone to actually bounce things off of and actually um, take a break every now and then is is, is pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, you're a lot better than I am because I am really not a talker. I'm really not like I'm more of an mm. introvert, but. I, I mean, the past year I've kind of just stepped into it and that's where God's leading me. So no, I like the interview style too. I like talking to people. It makes it easier rather than when you're recording by yourself. Um, Mm. I mean, I, I try to type out a script when I'm just recording myself by myself. Um, Yeah. I mean, when I'm doing like my walking through the Bible series. So, I mean, I did Job the other day. I needed to type that out. Otherwise I would just kind of probably lose my train of thought. I'd be skipping around in the Bible. Like, Oh, let's go look at like Genesis. So things like that.
0: that, That's probably a lot of, that's actually sounds like a lot of work. It is. You want to do all that.
1: (laughs) I know. I know it is a ton of work. Oh, I know. And then sometimes when I do my um, members-only podcast of the Rooted Truth exclusive podcast, like I was telling you before we recorded tonight, that... Those ones, like I feel like I have to have like the facts, um, like when I was talking about 9-11, right? Talking about Titanic and some of these things, I feel like those ones, I literally have to have facts. Sometimes when I'm talking about, um, like the, I did a podcast a while back, getting your house in order, mm-hmm. um, talking about your spiritual house and your physical, your home. That one, I kind of wung it
0: or wong it or, is, wong it or wang, yeah, winged,
1: it was, winged it. I don't know yeah. how to... What do you say? Um, so, yeah, but sometimes I do do scripts.
0: Well, that's good, you know, because it, it was interesting because my last guest was um, my buddy Luke Caverns and, he, and his, po- his, his TikTok channel is doing really well. He's got like 250,000 uh, followers. And he, like, yeah. he, he was saying he writes all this stuff out and I'm like, I haven't wrote one, I haven't wrote one letter on, on a page before I went out and just talked it. But it was funny, I did a, a one minute video the other day and it probably took me an hour to do it because I was trying to like, get like the timing right. And I was and I was, of course, I was just winging it. Like, and I was thinking mm-hmm. like, well, what sounds good? I was like, that doesn't sound good. So I was making I did like a million yeah. takes for different things. And
1: Yep.
0: I guess that's just me where it's like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I guess that's the best way. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it just depends. It depends on the topic. If you yeah. know the topic, if you're passionate about the topic, I don't think you need a script. Um, and obviously when I'm on other people's podcasts, I don't, I don't have a script at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're totally winging what we're talking about tonight. So,
0: well, I think, I think this is a good, t- you know, I think, well, before we get into it, we should just, I should ask, first of all, how did you get here? Like I said, cause I, these are questions I'd like to know because I, cause I literally you know, don't know these. How did you get into podcasting? How did you get like you know, down the rabbit hole? How did you get how did you get from wherever you were before to here?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, okay, So try to like make this not thirty minutes long. So essentially, so I was raised Christian um in a Christian home like you were too, when you were telling your story, and kind of went through went through the motions, right? Like accepted Jesus at a young age have always known, believed in, trusted in God. Um, and it, as far as my career path, what happened. So I was actually working in the mental health field and social work field for 10 years, then got into fitness. So I became a personal trainer. I was into, um, Strength training for women, that kind of stuff, and went that direction. So i I had a social work business. So I sold that in 2014. Ended up buying a gym, rebranded that, redid everything of this local 24 hour um, access gym, and loved it. Was doing that, but then started online. I'm like, oh, you know, like I can do fitness programs for women, Mm -hmm. right, all over the country. So I started my online business and that took off. That did really, really well. So I got to the point where I was like, I can't handle that and a brick and mortar gym. And, um, so I sold the gym was just doing online and come like 2019, God was just pressing on my heart. Like, Hey, like you're spending so much time, like tracking your macros, working out, like showing other people how to do it, showing up for your clients. But when are you showing up for me? Like I want more than just the five minute devotion. A day or every other day that you're giving me, right? And so that was really like pressing on my heart that he was kind of just calling me out on it, right? Like where you just feel ashamed essentially. And so I made the commitment in 2019. I'm like, all right, I I am going to take a step back, like not do as much. Um, I have three kids, so I have three daughters and we're going into the, the phase of life of just being crazy busy with two in high school and one finishing up elementary school. and um, And so I made the commitment, okay, God, I'm going to read my Bible every single day no matter what like i am making that commitment so that was 2019 then we roll into 2020 and everything Already. everything <laughs> changes and in that moment it was funny before the world shut down and i'll be careful of what words to use or at least i'll try to be careful of what words to use on here um but um before the world shut down i with with that commitment to god like the end of 2019 i was shifting of like hey teaching these women how to lose weight, teaching these women how to um, put their health first, right? To, to feel better, to take care of those around them. I need to be teaching them too what I'm going through myself as well. Like, Hey, we need to go back to the word. We need to um, look at what God says about our health, our physical health. So I tied that all in together, created the think fit method, which I mean, long story short that had been in the works a couple years prior but I had just never done anything with it um so what's called the think think fit method and it's tying everything in biblically to to losing weight with your mindset, emotional eating, um, all of these things. And so, I was in the works of kind of redoing everything in my business before the world shut down. And I was launching this new program. It was the Think Fit Journey, is what I had called it. And it set aside fitness for four weeks to focus on your relationship with God. Oh wow and some of this, the mindset stuff. And, um, I was going to start it. I was going to launch it the end of March, 2020. And God was like, Nope, you need to do it. Like, so I'm a person like, I like to have things done before I launch things and put things out there. I don't like to do it while I'm you working. Like, with you like to write a script. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, um, God was telling me something different. He's like, nope, you're going to do it. Um, It was the end of February, I think of February 20th. Um, And I kind of wrestled with that, but it was, you know, in the Holy spirit, you just feel like, nope, you need to do this. And so I obeyed. I launched that two weeks later, everything shut down. And that group of women, literally it was a group on Facebook. We were going through this stuff together. It was everything to me and the ladies in it, like anyone in it would probably agree with me. I'd hope they would agree with me, but that's how we got through quarantine not knowing what was going on. So in all of that just being in the word, I um I think that God was kind of like, "All right, well, maybe she's she's ready for the veil to be pulled from her eyes, right?" And yeah. so how I got into, I mean, the rabbit hole per se, what really kind of pulled me in first um obviously the Election stuff, but before that was the wayfare. Um, the Wayfair oh, stuff. oh gosh,
0: I do. You want to, you want to uh, kind of let everyone give everyone a refresher if they haven't heard?
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was on Instagram one day and this, this, some guy had did it done a video on it an Instagram video on it so I was watching it so basically Wayfair was having these products for outrageous amounts of money and only one available and so he linked it like well if you put in that SKU number in the Yandex which is um oh gosh I don't remember if it's um China's like Google there's another country's like Google to us um so it's like a search engine and if you put that in there a picture of a child would come up And so the way it just all like it was intertwined and that kind of woke me up to the trafficking part of it and Mm -hmm. what's really going on with the kids in this world that go missing. Um, And I just went down that rabbit hole and wow. I mean, if anyone has been down that rabbit hole, it breaks your heart. It literally breaks your heart. And then viewing it like, well, can you imagine what God thinks of this? Can you imagine how like? his heart just
0: absolutely
1: yeah. broken that here are these innocent like children of his so went down that rabbit hole and um i mean that was probably i think the first one and then obviously the the election in november that year and just continued looking into stuff because it was so intriguing too yeah and so yeah
0: yeah i know i think that it's it's funny because obviously you you got into the word like a year before I did, or at least, I mean, obviously you're probably doing better than me altogether, but like I, I was seeing all the things you were seeing, but I guess I was still trying to cling to my own, you know, like, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I was just like, you know, like as a growing up, probably similar backgrounds where I always knew like, man, they're really getting like the stuff that's happening right now. is like, obviously I knew it was like, this is biblical. And then every now and then you see some microchips and stuff in people's hands. And you're like, this is um. This is kind of getting intense now, and yeah. I remember, but I was but I was still trying to block it out with sports and stuff. But I had that same kind of same kind of pull on me where it was like, you know, of course I said I'm I'm on the wrong side of forty now, and I'm and I'm and I've and I'm get I've gotten injured a few times, and mm-hmm. and it was funny like it, it it's almost like you and I might have went through like the book of Ecclesiastes where it's like this is all vanity, like you know this is yeah. this is this is this is. This is it doesn't matter how good I do. Eventually, I'm not going to be able to do it again. And it's, it's not really what's it, what's it all worth. And, um, and I think I was coming to that conclusion, but I was like, of course, I just knew I wasn't doing enough for God. And then, and then so this stuff was going on, but I was still kind of being distracted. And Like I said, until I had the, um, the problems in my marriage that it was really like, wow, the world's going, it's turning upside down. Now I might, now I might be, you know, have my family split up. Like it was really time to to surrender fully, but I think I was with you too, where it was like when the when the Epstein stuff was coming up, I and I can't mm-hmm. even remember exactly when it was all coming up, yeah. and I and I watched that um out of the shadows.
1: Mhm, mhm. I did
0: but, too. Well, actually, it was before I watched out of the shadows. I was I came to that conclusion. I was like, and I think I, I mentioned this in my first podcast when I was kind of saying I was waking up. I was like, this has to be more than perversion. Like mm-hmm. you know, like it can't yeah. be it can't be just that. And I remember like. And so when I saw it out of the show, I was like, I said, I knew it. I said, I knew it had to have something to do with like power and, and all the things. Yeah. And of course my brother was awake for a long time and it'd be like, Oh yeah, they, 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 they're, uh, they're Satanists. And I was like, and of course you're like, what do you mean? Like, cause everyone pictures, you know, them worshiping like, you know, like mm-hmm. a pentagram and everything. Well now we know they probably do that stuff too, but mm-hmm. like, it just, it's hard to, Come that can, you know it's hard to accept that, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't even want to go look. And then once you start looking, you're like, yeah, it is. This does make sense. And if you if, if until you fully accept Christ, like in like all the fullness, you can't accept it because it's too terrifying to accept yeah. that, that that the, the elites are mm-hmm. literally in league with with the evil one.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. And I think that's like with this, let's say truth or movements, um, lightly in quotes, because a lot of people that I was following went down the opposite path of new age. They're searching mm-hmm. for something, but they did not have that biblical foundation. If mm-hmm. you have that biblical foundation, you don't need to search for anything. Like it is all in the Bible. And it is, if we don't have that that light of Jesus and understanding of this supernatural. I think that's a big thing too. And I, I read the book supernatural by um, Michael Heiser a little over a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. So sometime in 2021, and that helped tremendously as well. Um, mm-hmm. Reading that and just really understanding you guys, like we, live in a supernatural world we are the natural mm. of it we can't yeah. see the, the principalities and the forces of darkness but understanding that that is what is going on in this world and it made sense with everything with um the the c word that came out with the juice that's what i call that the juicy mm-hmm. poke thing um everything is tied back to the supernatural world and having a biblical world view makes everything make sense um And so when I was digging in and stuff, I, again, like you said, like kind of this wake up moment of like, what I am doing is so vanity. It is so like, yes, I think we need to take care of ourselves. We need to be physically um, healthy because our body is the temple. But I, I think I had such a hard time in, in 2020 of like, the world is literally crumbling and I had so many influencers in the fitness space, like friends that they didn't stop for one beat doing what they were doing. Like, Oh, I'm meal prepping today. Look at this. And I think I had such a hard time with that. Of like, do you not see that everything is crashing down around us. And yes, some people need to like block that out at some, at some point, but we cannot be blind. We cannot live in a hole, like with our head, like in the sand of everything happening around us. I think that's how we got to where we are. And, um, so, I mean, I just started speaking out on Instagram a little bit here and there. It was really scary. The first time I did was actually about the election. That's the first time I spoke out and I got so much hate. Um, I, that was the first time experiencing that. So that was a little hard. Um, but God got me through it. And then I've just kind of followed his prompting with everything. I started my podcast last July. So it's been a little over a year. Um, I mean, it's had a few different names. I laugh because, like, it's long. Well, see, so so
0: it's not a big deal that I don't have a name yet, then. Maybe no, no. Wait.
1: <laughs> I've changed. I've changed mine like three times, three or four times, um, and so I'm finally on. I think I'll keep this one, the rooted truth. That's um, good. And so, yeah. So I've been doing that for a while now.
0: That's that's great. You know, it's, so on my, um, I went on TikTok Live last night, and and it's funny. Uh, some some people have said about me, they're like they're they, they complimented that I'm bold. And I was just mm-hmm. like, well, I wasn't always like this. And, yep. and so we, you know, I went into what Paul was saying about like how, how uh, God's power is perfected in in your weakness. And I was like, I was like, because, you know, I, I've, I've said often that, of course, I never spoke publicly about my faith. I was terrified of public speaking mm-hmm. and it sounds like sounds similar to you where you said you're an introvert, but I like, I, I wouldn't know it from, from obviously what I know of you. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing where it's like, obviously once you take that little step out in faith to do yeah. it, it's like, yeah. Cause it really literally just started with me posting like a Bible verse, you know, yeah. you know, like the Bible app, you can, t- you can turn it into a picture. Into a picture. Turn- <laughs> yeah. And so, I, so I was just like, I think I shared, um, it makes me mad that I can't remember the exact scripture, but it was like when, when, uh, Peter is saying, you know, cast your cares upon him mm-hmm. because he cares for All us. Anxiety, so yeah. That. And it, And it was like, so I had that and I thought, well, Obviously, somebody could use this today. If I'm mm-hmm. and I, and once I started to get a couple little like hearts and likes, and it was like yeah. okay, I knew somebody needed that. And then it was like before you know, I'm writing and then I'm then I'm talking. Mm-hmm. And I said the first time I did that, it was terrifying. Yep. And now I go on TikTok live with no script, and I'm getting <laughs> getting getting peppered by all the all the uh, the haters of the sections, and I'm just you know, it doesn't bother me at all anymore. And it's it, it's it is it is cool because it's like you didn't you like you know where you came from. I know where mm-hmm. I came from. Like most people would mm-hmm. have no idea.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're a whole lot better than me. Cause some, some of those comments, I would just want to like cry, like, Nope, we're, we're going to end this, this life and <laughs> yeah. go literally lay in bed. Um, but I mean, I keep coming back to, and I, I have not shared this on even my own podcast yet, but when I was, I don't know how old I was, it was before we moved. So I was probably, I would guess I was probably six or seven. Um, we were at church and this lady, came and asked my mom, like, Hey, can I pray over you guys? Can I pray over your daughter? And when she got done praying, she told my mom, like, I have had a word from the Lord, like this prophecy for your daughter, that she will have something to say. She is going to have something to say. And so my mom has brought that up like over the past couple of years, like you're living into this now. And I'm like, Oh gosh, like I am. It's scary though. Like, I don't know if I want that. Like, can we take that prophecy back? No, that's good. So, I I mean, it's, it's really cool to see how God has a plan for our lives, like, and how we get there too. I mean, if, if you knew me in high school and college, you would have never guessed that like one, I would have been into fitness, owned a gym, teaching women how to lift weights and two, like doing what I'm doing of speaking out and speaking the truth and speaking God's God's words. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, praise God. That's good. Cause I think that's the whole point. It's like that. I was saying that, like, the the devil takes somebody's what they're real good at. And then yeah. you're, yeah, you go do this. So it's, so then it's all about pride. But it's like, look yeah. how good I am. Yeah. And it's like you can see all these people, especially probably a lot of these guys who are um, the prosperity preachers who are up there. Mm-hmm. And it's all about them because they think, look what, look what all I've done. You know, and I, we were we were just commenting on that about some of these brick and mortar churches. So was like, "Oh, that's Joel Osteen's church. Oh, that's Stephen Furtick's church. That that's so and so's church." And it's like I could imagine like the Apostle Paul saying, "This is Jesus yeah. Christ's church. This is not yeah. your church." It's like, and these people are saying, "Look how many people I led to the Lord." It's like, well, for one, we don't even we don't even get into their false uh, <laughs> conversions or what. But but even if like you yeah. think about all the people that that plant seeds, water the person who got them to church did a lot more than you did. Oh, you know, you're you're reaching down, picking some fruit. It's like you're yeah. pe- actually you're picking the, the fruit that's on the ground already. Yeah. It's like, so that ultimately, yeah, the, the, the things that we're doing, like if we didn't see ourselves doing this, like I don't even, I, I would have had no idea I wanted to do this, mm-hmm. you know? And I mm-hmm. think that's why, you know, it's from God. It's like, because it, because yeah, the the idea of me doing this, like, you know, like two years, like two years ago, you, you take me and it would have been like, or even a year ago, a year ago, it would have been like, what? Tick Like TikTok uh, podcast? What are you talking about? And Does that um, mean,
1: I'm going to be on TikTok next year because <laughs> I keep oh, saying gosh.
0: no. Oh, gosh, you got to get on TikTok. <laughs> You're going to get on there right when we're all getting banned.
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, what's interesting. I want to go back to what, something you said about uh, Michael Heiser, because I look, because I because I got in this, and, and this this is a good pivot to the topic we wanted to talk about tonight, was, so I started to read the Bible, and I think I, and I, as I mentioned in my first podcast, I had like a, a demonic attack when I really started to wake up, and I started to really think like, well, demons are obviously real, the Bible talks all about them, and there's a, there's all kinds of things that we can't see that are real, and then I started to, it was like, it was kind of a converging thing, I think how I found Heiser because it was about the Nephilim, so my brother brought up Genesis 6, and I was like, and I would read that a bunch of times. I mean, because I've read the Bible probably through at least once, but I probably read a lot of books over and over again. Yep, yep. And I was like, how did I miss this? The sons of God came to the daughters of man that created Nephilim? What, what's, what's a Nephilim?
1: Mm-hmm. And, then,
0: and then I started going on to YouTube, and I was just like, a, I was like, I had to know more yep. about the Nephilim, and especially yep. when, I, when I really woke up, when it was like, did the Greek gods like Hercules might be like, he might've been a real, like a real thing. All these things like Zeus, they're real. And when I, when, when that was like, that was like the most mind blowing moment. And so at first I thought it was a kind of a little side trail, like that I was going to, Oh, this is interesting. Right. This is interesting. And then I go to Heiser where he starts saying, you know, talking about all the things you people don't understand or don't talk about in the old Testament and then you take it into the new testament and you have that context and now you know what they're now you know what they're talking about yeah and and to me it was like now the bible starts to make more sense and then mm-hmm. and then when you start to realize it even relates to today yeah that's when like you're like oh my god like this is like everyone needs to know this
1: mhm no, I am right there with you. I think, um, I was again, scrolling on Instagram and, um, this guy that I was following posted something about the Nephilim. And I was like, "What? like, I don't, I, that's not biblical. Right. And again, I, mean, I was raised Christian. I was raised yeah. in a church, like have had a Bible literally since I was probably like one or two, like seriously. And so then he posted like, um, Hillary Clinton's WikiLeaks of saying, okay. we, we, we know where the Nephilim are buried. Right. And so I'm like, what? So then I get out my Bible. I'm like, oh my gosh, like right there. Like, and like, I have my Bible open right now, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. So then that's how like my digging started with like the giants and the Nephilim and everything. And, um, talking to my pastor about it, he's like, oh yeah, like read this book. So he was the one that gave me, um, supernatural.
0: Oh good. Right. So so he didn't he didn't say no, mm-hmm. actually it's not the sons of god, it's the sons of Seth. You know, so it yeah, was no, like no, no. <laughs> so it was like it was these two uh type human types that made these nephilim giants. Yeah. It's no. Like, cuz I cuz I've heard cuz I cuz I've heard those ridiculous Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Where you're just like it's like why are they trying to say that it's not what it is when it's mm-hmm. clearly this is mm-hmm. what it is. So yep. I'm glad yep. I'm glad to hear that your pastor actually at least said, "Hey. Yep. This is, this is not untrue. This is true. Go look at yeah. It. And
1: I mean, a little while after that we were doing, um, kind of a walk through the Bible series, um, at church and they were in Genesis and he even said like, here's a great book, Dr. Michael Heiser, if you want to do it. And I was out of town that day during that sermon. And so that was probably like a couple of weeks after I had talked to him and literally like, so I'm watching online. Cause I try not to miss church. I try to watch it. If I am out of town, still try to watch it that day. And so I literally went on Amazon right then and like got that book. And once I read that, like everything started clicking, right? Psalms 82, the council that comes before before God. Well,
0: well, that's what I, that's the, that was the first thing. Okay. So uh, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say, I should let you finish, but like, no, 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 go ahead. So so Psalm 82 was, that's what, so I was looking for the Nephilim and I found Psalm 82 through Heiser. And at first it was like, everybody wants to recoil when he's saying there's other gods, Mm-hmm. and it's like and then i was like then i started to think about it and i'm like wait a minute he, this is making a good point i remember when i brought it to my brother mm-hmm. and he was like no that's not that's not true and i was like then i was reading i was like read exodus god mm-hmm. is putting a judgment on the gods of egypt he's mm-hmm. not putting a god on, on imaginary gods he's putting yep. a, a judgment on real gods yep. and, then I, and then i started to think about it like the first commandment was have no other gods before me mm-hmm. that's not a commandment because there's no other gods that's a commandment because there is Yeah.
1: Well, even, I mean, I was going through my, my job, um, podcast last week, I was recording that and it, and I've read Job a handful of times, like not a ton, but, um, really dug in about three months ago. And then again, when I was preparing to, when I was writing my script for the podcast, um, that I aired this week, but it says, um, where, Job two verse one says, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came along, um, among them to present himself before the Lord. And so that was like the first time I've read that where it dawned on me. And literally this is after two years of kind of digging Mm -hmm. into this stuff. And I'm like, it's right there. Like it's everywhere. The sons of God, like, no, these were angels, and when you realize that Job was actually writ- written and covered the time period of early Genesis, possibly before the flood, it well, all makes sense.
0: Um, I thought no, I thought I, th- I thought uh, Job was. Job was, uh, I know Job was like the fir- early manuscript, but I think that it's, I think, I'm pretty sure it's after the flood. Is it after the yeah. flood? Yeah, yeah. It's like, but I, I think, see, that, but, but you I think know. I think it's definitely, it's like the, it's like the first, it's the first, it's like the mm-hmm. oldest um, manuscript I think they found mm-hmm. of the Bible. Actually, you know, yep. I, I wanted to look this up. I want to, I want to look up, I want to read Psalm 82, just because I know that yeah. sometimes it's like, we know, we know these things, but most people, most people are like, Psalm yeah. 82, what is it, what are, they, what are they talking about? Most people probably know yeah, the Nephilim right? part. But, okay, so it's, it's pretty short, and this is the ESV, and it says, "He says, God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right and the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundation of the earth are shaken. I said, "You are God's sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations." And so that's interesting. That's an interesting passage when you even link it, link it back into, like Psalm two, because he's saying it's it's interesting because what he's saying is when he's saying God, your inheritance, he's talking about Jesus because he's talking about the Son of God because because that's. That's who yeah. the inherited nations, and so like so Jesus is in the in divine council too at that time. I'm sure, yeah. and yeah. he is now too because he's at the right hand of the Father.
1: Yeah. So that's
0: a, so if you think about like if he's on the right hand, it's like probably because they're in a council of other mm-hmm. other divine beings, mm-hmm. and that's sort yep. of an interesting thing of, to think of where it's like, and so I've heard a lot of people say, oh, they're talking about earthly rulers, and he's like, mm-hmm. no, he said you're sons of God, but but you're going to die like men. Mm-hmm. Not now, you're men. You're going to die like men. No, you're you're going to die like men because yep. you're not like men.
1: Yep, yep. Because those are the the ones that came down back in Genesis six.
0: Well, the, well, you have. I think. With and this is an interesting thing. And I don't know if I was. I have a bunch of people who are um, KJV only people who come at me <laughs> all the time. And I was saying, I don't know if you've seen this verse. And I know Heiser talks about it. It's um. I think it's in uh, it's Deuteronomy thirty. What was it? I think it's 32, eight. And see, I think this ESV version it gives like the best account for this. And it says, it says when the most high gave to the inheritance, gave to the nations, their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples, according to the number of the sons of God. And if you, if you read that in, um, in mm. the, in the KJV, it actually says the, um, the sons of Israel, Israel. which, which makes no sense because he's, He's dividing the nations up. I, I believe Heiser's it has this take that it's, this is Babel where he divides the nations up,
1: mm-hmm. you yeah, know, because he gives the each like territory to yeah. one of the little G gods to over. over yes. Sea. Huh. So I think so. I think
0: that, here's your here's your kind of like origin of the divine council It's like he divided the nations. He put these principalities or these princes over the principalities, over the over the territories, mm-hmm. and I think that's where you get your your counsel. And I think mm-hmm. that the like the ultimate goal was they were supposed to lead lead people back to mm-hmm. to Yahweh, to the yep. to the Most High okay. God. But but they did; they accepted worship. Yep. And and again, I think that you you get into like some people wonder how how was there Nephilim before and after the flood. Did somebody survive? Mm-hmm. Did some of this? What, yeah. And I and I think what it says actually, we'll we'll go in and read that real quick too, because we might as well. But I think that this is this is my take. And if you read it just for what it simply says, is it says that um. It says, it says that the the nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. Oh, this is Gen- Well, this is uh, Genesis six four. Mm-hmm. The nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came to the daughters of men and they bore them uh, bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. And so it says before and afterward, they came into the daughters of men. So, I mean, yep. to me, it's actually kind of actually pretty really clear that, that okay. they did it again. Yep. And like I said, probably before Babel is like, now I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of that. I think Nimrod was definitely a Nephilim. And I think that that's why all these kingdoms got set up in Canaan because he had the whole territory. King. So he set governors mm-hmm. up around all these cities. And of course, by the time Israel, you know, Israel got out of Egypt, that place was, was a stronghold mm-hmm. for the enemy. Mm-hmm. Because they knew mm-hmm. they were like, the devil knew that they were coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that that's how the Nephilim came back um, because it is right there. I mean, I am reading out of the NASB, which, I mean, if you have the ESV, that's exactly what it says in the NASB too. It says, on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the yeah. sons of God came into the daughters of men and bore children to them, um, and so I think I haven't done enough research um, on Nimrod to like get to that point because I was kind of at the point of thinking like, "Huh, is it when he went up the Tower of Babel?" Um, and so I have to do a little bit more digging on that. Um,
0: well, here, here, let me, let me, just let me just say something. so. So here's a verse people get caught up on is they say, oh, he was becoming a mighty man. He was becoming a man of renown." Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. but you know what that, you know what that's saying is, put it this way. When the Bible talks about angels and men, mm-hmm. or, or they call them men, you know, so when they're calling Nimrod a man, it doesn't mean he's not a Nephilim too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Especially obviously when we know in the, in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, three men start, walk up to Abraham. Yep. One, of them to, right. one of them has to be God. Yeah. <laughs> two of them are angels, so I think what i am starting to see more, and this is why I can see I can almost give people a little bit of slack for missing some of this stuff mm-hmm. is because the the Bible does not go out of their way to glorify angels they're they're trying not to they're yep. like you know they're not going to glorify you know these uh these tyrant Nephilim, yep, you know so sometimes they mention that that they are, but other times they call them giants, I think sometimes they call them um they just call them men, it was just a king. Mm-hmm because mm-hmm. well, like I was saying so in chronicles, I was reading through it, and I think it was they're kind of talking about the exploits of David's mighty men. Mm-hmm. well, they killed some king. well, they brought back his crown and put it on David's head. Well, the crown weighed 75 pounds yep. you know, so it didn't say okay. that he was, it didn't say that he was a nephilim or a giant, but I think, it's that, I, think oh, yeah. it's, I think it's safe to imply that most people couldn't support that on their head for very long 75, yep. 75 yep. pounds yep. okay, so, so what it says on here, and I think this is what people um what it says okay it says um see it says see what's interesting is they named the sons of cush and then they say cush fathered nimrod which is in some mm-hmm. translation it says an ant, uh nimrod was the ancestor of cush which i think it's like he came down in the line somewhere and some people mm-hmm. believe that that sargon of akkad is nimrod which i'm starting to have that take and he came from kish which was was, was likely from sons of cush kind ah. of that and so um and so what it said it said um Nimrod was the first on the earth to be a mighty man and so people thinking like or or it says or it says he's becoming a mighty man like you know there's Mm -hmm. certain certain translation well people take that to mean that that's him becoming a Nephilim but what I think what it really means is that he was the first real king on the earth he was he was taking territory he was he became an an emperor of this whole of the whole Mm -hmm. land of Mesopotamia so that's what made him a mighty man if you think about it So Mm -hmm. the Nephilim were the heroes of old, the men of renown. Well, they weren't men of renown or heroes until they did something. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't that by just by being born. They had to have the great exploits. They had to become a king. And of course, what it talks about Nimrod being a hunter. And you think you see all the pictures of Gilgamesh, like holding like a Mm -hmm. lion, killing stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it talks about him, him kind of being a a mighty hunter before the Lord. It's almost like he's this guy's a tyrant. Mm -hmm. He's a tyrant. And of course, they're not speaking... But of course they're not going to, the Bible's not going to sing his praise. It's like you make, you know, make him out to be yeah. like, you yeah. know, like, uh, you know, he's infamous at best.
1: Yep. Yep. So then if you're, if you think that he was born a Nephilim then, so we know, I mean, in, in mythology, right. We have Semiramis, mm-hmm. which is his mom and wife. So that's where it gets so confusing sometimes to me. So the i mean the the myth is that he w- was married to semiramis she he then dies and then she like summons him back basically and he's re- reincarnated right so
0: and then it was and then he's uh, is it tam- tammuz
1: uh huh yep yeah. tammuz or horus like that's like well, i, well, I said that, yeah
0: that's what I'm saying so you, you start to you start to see that and and to me, this is why this starts starts to make more sense is because I used to think a lot of the pantheon of gods were, were uh, pre-flood, which I think some of them are. Mm-hmm. But if you think mm-hmm. about like, even like the Greeks, the Greeks had like old gods and then they had new gods. Mm-hmm. And so like, and the new gods are all very, and if you think about like the Greek gods, even like Apollo and like, um, like Mercury, Hermes, they're, they're kind of the same. They're brothers. Well, it's yeah. like, so, yeah. so you started to see like they're. Like there's not a lot of difference between these these gods like even even yeah. think about like net uh like like poseidon and like zeus they look mm-hmm. exactly the same yeah one's the sky god one's the, one's the god of the sea yeah. and you start to see like it's kind of almost like they're the same they're the they're same all, and, and, i know and so you start yeah and i think that's the confusing part is that mm-hmm. like osiris horus you know, mm-hmm. you got like Ra, all these things, and mm-hmm. they're kind of all like a mix of just it's the, like same. the
1: same thing. Yeah. The,
0: but, but, but I think the constant is you have a father, a son, and you have a woman. And mm-hmm. so, like, so I think in the, it, what I was looking into yesterday was uh, Sargon of Akkad and Nimrod. And so Sargon of Akkad claimed, so this, is, this is what the Sumerian, you know, not, I, w- I won't even say myth. This is what, it, this is what they yeah. wrote down. Yeah. It, his mom was a changeling priest, priestess. She so put him in a basket, put him down the river. He never knew his dad, hmm. and so then you and then you look into like a, a character like Apollo, which we talk about a lot, mm-hmm. is that that his mom was named Leto, who wasn't like Zeus's wife, so Zeus was stepping out on his on his lady, and um, she was she was a priestess, but she was half divine, and then so we know his we know his mm-hmm. uh, his dad was like kind of the, the king of the mm-hmm. gods over here, king of Mount Olymp- Olympus. So he's three quarter, you know, so, so Apollo had a little bit of human in him, but he was mostly God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that could be, that could be your Nimrod right there is the fact that yeah. Nimrod, Sargon of Akkad. And so Nim, uh, uh, Sargon had this big thing about Inanna, which is like the moon goddess. So if you think about like, it, it, it's, it's weird to say how he was related to her, but then he, he, mm-hmm. they also talk about Ishtar. And so yeah. I think Ishtar is like, Isis. Isis. Is, is
1: yeah, like, Simiramis. Yeah, like
0: the queen of heaven. Yep. And then so, yep. um, then so then you have, uh, you know, Artemis and Apollo. Mm-hmm. So Apollo is the sun god. And then, but you know what? He didn't always used to be the sun god either. So mm-hmm. this is the confusing part. So I think that like he becomes the sun god. I think later Nimrod becomes a sun god himself. And then well, that's like-
1: what, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I kind of think that Nimrod and Apollo probably are the same
0: thing. Right? Definitely, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Definitely, and I think that's what I started to look into, like because I first was going from, I went like back, I went from the end to the begin. I was, I started at Revelation, and I've started to piece the things. So I went yeah. bottomless pit, King of the Bottomless Pit, Apollyon, Apollo, and mm-hmm. so then I, so then I saw um, Isaiah 14 when it talked about uh, that you, you said you, you'll send your throne into the heavens, you'll be mm-hmm. like the Most High, yeah. but no, you'll be brought down to Sheol. Down to the pit, and so he's saying, like, you brought, you're trying to build your tower up to heaven, and that's when I started to realize, hey, wait a minute, is this even talk? So for one, well, first off, I said I saw, okay, so Lucifer, or what it doesn't say that in my ESV, but it says, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Morning Star, Son of the Dawn. Mm-hmm. This is the one who's in the pit. So yeah. as, as he's commonly known as Lucifer. So I'm like, okay, so he's in the pit. But if you think about that, I think a lot of us believe, and I'm, I don't correct me if, if you don't believe this, that in the, there's a battle in heaven in, in uh, Revelation 12. Mm-hmm. Michael casts down the, Satan, cast down the, the serpent, the dragon. So this is the serpent from the garden. It's very clear in the Bible who that is. He gets cast down with the third of the angels, and then he's given the key to the bottomless pit. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so if the serpent in the garden gets cast out, he's not letting himself out of the pit he's letting somebody else out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so he's open, He's opening the pit. And so if the the being from Luc- for, um, Isaiah 14 is Lucifer, mm-hmm. that's not the one who's getting thrown out of heaven at the end, is it? It's yeah. somebody it's somebody else. And that's when I was realizing, wait a minute, this is the taunt of the king of Babylon. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, so the king of Babylon is the one who's in the pit, whoever that is. It's Lucifer. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's Lucifer. He's Nimrod. That's what I said. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, he's talking about a lot of people say he's going to put his throne above God. No, mm-hmm. he, says, he says he's going to put his, his throne above yeah. the stars of God. So he's putting his, his throne above God's angels. Yeah. And he's going to yeah. make himself like the Most High. But no, you're going to get brought down to the to Sheol, down to the pit. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is the man who conquered. It was like, and the, and the way they're describing him is this was a conqueror because they're talking about these guys who destroyed cities. This is one who like laid waste of places, killed people with the sword. And it's like, yeah. they're going to say, they're going to look at, they're going to stare upon this man and say, this is the one who did all this. And yeah. I'm like,
1: and it's a it's a man like, cause that verse right there, it's like, you're nothing special. Like yeah. you may be a giant, but you're nothing special. But yeah, I mean, we know in revelation nine, um, 11, they have a King over them. The angel of the, of the abyss, his name in Hebrew is a bad and in Greek, his name is Apollyon. So yeah, that's who is down there. Totally. I yeah, could I- totally see that.
0: And I started to think about it like, okay, so he's the king of the bottomless pit, right? Like, so he's like, he's the angel down there.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: if you really think about like who, like, you know, getting Enoch stuff, it's like, the, it's like, those are the demonic spirits are down there. And you think about like, who's, who's the king over all these, these dead Nephilim mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the king. So like, you have a, I mean, and this could be just, I'm not positive about this, but you have a clear, you have four angels who are chained up under the phrase. And they talk about them being in chains, like mm-hmm. like they have they have bodies. They're they're yeah. being held, but then you think about like there's a spirit that's in this pit, mm-hmm. and I think it's almost like so when the when the pits opened up, there's 200 million of these scorpion tail, like lady hair, mm-hmm. lion faced uh, with tails like serpents, and I feel like those are demons. So these mm-hmm. are the, the demons are being let out of the pit. Their king is the demon king, basically because. Mm-hmm he's also in Nephilim and he, there was no place for him when he died.
1: Yeah. Which is true. I mean, it, it makes sense. I totally agree that. Yeah. Those are demons when they're released. I think it's all in the spiritual world, all in the supernatural. Some people think that we'll actually see them, but I don't. Um, I, I think that it is in the spiritual realm that that will happen.
0: Um, but... I guess, I guess that's the thing we, we don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll put it this way. The, um, okay. So the King of the bomb pit he's going to become the antichrist cuz it talks about he's the one who's given uh i think what is it in revelation i think 14 it talks about he's given it's say so it maybe it's 11 when it talks about he's given he's going to he's going to get out come out of the pit and conquer so obviously it's, it's he's the you know the the rider on the white horse is given the authority to conquer and yeah revelation, that's
1: revelation 6
0: yeah and in revelation 13 it talks about that
1: Mm-hmm. he's
0: that he's given authority to 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 wage war on the states and conquer them
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
0: so then so then later on it, it mentions that it was the person it was the the thing that came out of the pit is the one who actually was conquering them and so so to me it's like you have a spirit come out of the pit and it mm-hmm. possesses a man so maybe maybe those other spirits too they possess people too
1: oh i mean they very well could be absolutely um they have to have a host body right yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it's just crazy it's crazy to think like what could possibly happen um i'm just holding on to to <laughs> jesus coming back i mean so many times recently i've just been like in my prayer time i'm like oh jesus just come now like i i'm tired like i don't want to do this anymore just come back um but yeah i it's i with you saying that, like as far as Nimrod and Gilgamesh, that's the other thing that I don't remember exactly what year it was. Um, maybe early two thousands, the tomb of Gilgamesh was found and they said that like the body was intact and that I'm just like, Oh my goodness. So are they trying to pull DNA? Like if this is legit, like obviously his spirit is not Dead, like if he's mm-hmm. in in the pit, but if is he, are they pulling out DNA and they're gonna like make the antichrist with this DNA? I don't know. Um,
0: I don't, I mean, I guess that's the thing. I used to start, I used to think of it more as like, I think most of the science stuff is a cover. I think mm-hmm. the science stuff is like, I think that that idea of like them doing all these because it's because it's like CERN's a good example of this. It's like mm-hmm. that everyone says, Oh, they're they're doing they're opening a portal yeah. with, their, yeah. with their science. Why do they have a, uh, why do they have a statue to uh, yeah. a Hindu God? Whether, yeah. what is it either? Yep. Um, yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Shiva. The, mm-hmm. It was
0: Shiva, but what, who's the other one? It's like. Um, the, it's
1: the same thing as Apollyon.
0: Yeah, but there's, there, there's a, yeah, but there's a Shiva, but there's also the, gosh, was is, uh, is it Khalil or something like that? There's some, there's some, there's some oh, other, it's nice de- very similar because one of them is actually the one putting their foot on Shiva. It's like another destroyer. They got, it's the same oh, thing where they have like, they have this mismatch of like mm-hmm. they're the same, but they're they're different mm-hmm. entities. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we realize yeah, we know it's like this is the destroyer, it doesn't really matter. Yep. Why yep. would you have a statue to a destroyer when you're like doing mm-hmm. science? So on top
1: they... of the ancient temple of Apollo. That's of Apollo. the part that just like...
0: yeah, it can, it continues it continues to come up. And so there's a lot of smoke. There's yep. definitely a lot of smoke, but yep. but at the end of the day, are like is there an idea that they're going to um, be able to scientifically modify our DNA to become like Nephilim. I don't see. I, that's what I don't know. Cause now the more I'm thinking about it. And so this is, this is kind of the, the, the place I went where when you realize as Christians, we're the, we're the crazy ones, right? Cause we believe in an invisible God. Mm-hmm. We have to have faith that we don't see. And it makes it very clear that we don't see these, you know, we don't get to see Jesus. We don't get to see, you know, what the father, we don't get to see the Holy mm-hmm. spirit. We can mm-hmm. see the effects mm-hmm but we really don't see. And so then you realize if that's what we are, I think the people in this world who serve the devil have seen, you know, they, they see, I think that there's, I think that they see the, I think they see some of the principalities. I don't think everyone Mm -hmm. does, but I think the ones up up top do. I mean, there's, Mm of course these, you get into the real crazy stuff where people talk about like the, the hollow earth stuff and people meeting Mm -hmm. in like Antarctica with, Mm -hmm. where the hole in the earth is with the master of, um, You know, like I forgot what you call it, like the ancient masters and stuff like that. Is it possible that that's what that is? And then you realize, so if, if, I mean, if I'm correct on this, do they could obviously have sex with them, you know, like, so, so could that, that could be just how they, how it happens where like, you know what I mean? So if you get to that point where, you know, could it be, could it be uh, a DNA thing? possibly. But again, I said, I think a lot of the stuff that we call science Yeah. that I, I love going back to that Thor quote where it's like your ancestors called it magic. You call it science where mm-hmm. I come from. They're one and the same.
1: Yep. So no, I totally agree with that. And especially, I mean, even with CERN too, I don't think they're doing anything with science. Like they, I mean, they could be trying, but all I think it's summoning, like it is literally um, a cult like practice, sacrifice, summoning, um, and it's witchcraft is what it is. And so, yeah, I think they, they do see, especially those higher up people, um, can see, I think you can summon demons. Um, that's, I mean, you think about like everything that's out there, the Ouija board saw one in the store the other day and I was just like, do they, they still sell these things? And my kids were with me. I'm like, don't ever touch that. Don't ever. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think they totally can. And I think they do see it and it's not science. As far as DNA goes, I think that they are trying to mess with our DNA. I absolutely Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly believe that. Um, and they are trying to make this triple helix. Um, I actually saw something this morning and I didn't have time to dig into it really, but that, um, something with like 72,000 plus 72,000, like on each strand of, of your DNA, it's 144,000. And then with what they're trying to add in there makes up 216,000. I don't even know what the term is. Like they're Uh. like, I'm not into science at all, but that is what they are trying to do. So part of me thinks like, are they trying to corrupt our God-given image our God-given DNA? I absolutely think so, and that's something that I do want to dig more into. I've had it on my heart the past like year to write a book, and I'm so not a good writer. Um, and it's one of those things like God saying, "Nope, you need to do it." And I have like the title and like subject is corrupting our image. Uh-huh. And- corrupting like what is happening why do they want to corrupt our image and our dna so bad it's because we were made in the image of god and lucifer that made him mad he didn't like that right because Mm -hmm. we are god's most prized possession his children because we were made in his image lucifer wasn't so yes he was the most beautiful angel right but so yeah i want to dig into that more but I mean, it's a it's a big topic, but I think they're trying to mess with our DNA.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, put it this way. I think that I think the interesting thing is when you start to understand, like you have you basically have two uh, kind of factions with the Paul talks about in the Bible. He's like, you got the Greeks, the Greeks who 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 search for knowledge. Right. So everything's about knowledge. So just think about your your pro science crowd right there. Everything's got to make sense. They want it. They want it to be. Yeah, they want it to work and they want to have a formula. And then you have like the Jewish mystics who it's like, so you have, so basically you have your, your new age stuff here, Kabbalah, and mm-hmm. then you have your science stuff. When you actually start to think about it, they're saying the same thing, you know, cause like, cause I know that they're, 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 well, both are, are dismissing the creator. Mm-hmm. And so like, so the, so the Greeks over here are saying that the universe created itself, you know? Mm-hmm. So the universe is God. Which is yeah. basically what, what the new agers are saying. Yep. And so what they're saying is we're evolving. We're yeah. evolving to what? To eventually be as gods. Yeah. And so so it's like that's why when you see this mystery religion come together, it will make sense to them because mm-hmm. hey, you're gonna have some kind of a, a being show up who says, Hey, I seated you guys. I'm the real you wanna be like me? Yeah, and I think that's where like where you could have the science, the DNA corrupting and the mystic stuff come together where it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, yep. yeah, you're going to be like a God now. You know, yep. you can, you're you going to be like the things who created us. And so, yep. so there's, there's certainly a, 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 you know, atheistic science approach where it's like, well, you think of like Noah Harari where yep. he's, where he's like, we are, we don't need God. And like, it's funny because he acts like yep. he's an atheist, but then he's, he's he talks.
1: Oh yeah. He talks about God. He talks about the God of the old Testament, Yeah, but he's, he denies he, Jesus.
0: Well, he, well, he's basic, but he's saying like, you know, he's, he, he was, he was saying it almost like you could go back thousands of years. Cause he was talking about, we don't need him to make it rain anymore. We don't need yep. all this stuff. And I was yep. like, and yep. so what he's really saying, like they've always said, they're trying to figure out creation, even like what's, even what they're, even what the, even what CERN is. Openly admittedly, they're doing, they're trying to find the components to make things. So yeah. they're trying to be replace a creator. They're yep. trying to be a creator.
1: Yep. Oh, totally. I heard him say one time, like about like the rain, he's like, well, when, when they made him mad, he would withhold rain. Like, we don't need to worry about making God mad anymore. Cause we'll make our own rain. Like I was just like appalled, like, but he keeps springing up God. So mm-hmm. he believes he believes in, in Yahweh. He believes in the old Testament God. Um, I have heard him deny that Jesus is the son of God. Uh So there you have it, but it is just so crazy. And I was listening to someone um, speak about that, about him in general a while back. And it was like, wait, who, who is speaking is Is this guy speaking, or is it the demon that's inside of him speaking? And if it's a demon inside of him speaking, that demon knows the Creator. That entity knows Yahweh.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he. Well, it's interesting. We go back to Nimrod a little bit because it's like, okay, so Nimrod is like your archetypal Antichrist, right? Because he's he was the first emperor of the world who ruled over the whole world. So there's your Antichrist. And so I think when, Paul, I think when, when um, John's talking about the spirit of Antichrist, so Noah Harari fits it to a T where he's saying he, he believes that there is a God, but he yeah. denies Jesus Christ. So yeah. that right there is your spirit of Antichrist. So that's why if you deny Jesus, well, then anyone can be like Jesus. You know, what I mean? like he's mm-hmm. not special. So that's mm-hmm. why you can have your Antichrist figure. And when, yeah. John, when John's saying that that spirit's been in the world, and so you, you start to think about it, all these kind of dictator types trying to conquer the whole world. They all have had the spirit of Antichrist. And I think that's, again, where, like, that's what, that's where it's all leading back to. And it's, and if it wasn't, if the Bible wasn't true, they wouldn't be pushing this Mm -hmm. stuff just like they are. And and when you really think about it, because if you really wanted this, like, I don't know, utopia, like they act like they promised, you wouldn't want one man ruling over it all. Mm -hmm. We all know the history of the world is not, that doesn't work out too well for most people. It's, we call it tyranny. Yep but, but they're openly welcoming this thing. And you realize, yeah, what, what is this all about? Like I said, they're getting their King back. Like they want a, men have always wanted a King. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like,
1: well, yeah. Cause we see that in the old Testament, they're like yeah. begging God for a King. And I mean, God gives it, but then look, I mean, the first King is, is Saul right? Yeah. Because he looked the part mm-hmm. and look what happens and look at, I mean, even just read your old Testament and you can see what having one ruler does. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, I think, that, I think it's, I think it's because again, it's like, I, you know, it's until you sort of really start to understand, like, you don't understand why God's so mad that they want a King, mm-hmm. like, and why Saul's so dejected. Cause it's like, because God wanted them to be a nation of priests. Yep. Like he didn't even really want to have to give them the law like he did. He wanted them to be able to come to him yep. and, and then walk in faith. But it's like, no, instead, I'm going to put a stumbling block in their way. I'm going to show you what you're supposed to do and you won't be able to do it. Yep. And now I kind of get, get all of that where it's like, again, and this is probably like, this is back to where our conversations about churches, where it's like, we keep trying to push a middleman in between us and God because we want to do the bare minimum. It's Mm -hmm. like what men want to do. And this is what you see over and over again. And this is kind of the world we're living in right now where it's like, I want you to tell me what to do so I can be distracted and do the things I want to do. Like you take care of me, you protect me, you feed me. And, and, you know, make sure that I'm, I'm comfortable. Then I can distract myself with all the pleasures of the world. It was really, so tell me the bare minimum of things I've got to do. So we have Christians doing that today too, where it's like, God's like, I gave you, I gave you, I gave you all you need to know right here. I'll give you, i give you the Holy spirit if you want it and you can come right to me and you can walk in faith. But it's like, they're like, can you just tell me what I got to, can I just tell me what I got to do? Yeah. Cause, cause that's, cause walking in faith sounds like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. too much work. I got to do stuff. Yep.
1: Well, that's why a lot of people always tend to go towards like a works based salvation too i mean people that are actually seeking you look at um i mean without calling other religions out right now but you look at these other religions right it's a works based model because they want it in black and white but on the flip side of that those people that aren't seeking um god or a higher power are going to the government like hey you do it for me like mm-hmm. you know and that's what's gotten us to where we are today and it was funny you bring that up because last week at church um the sermon was just about that like the jurisdiction that like what what does the bible tell us as far as like these i don't remember the the word that he used but like so we have we have family right so what is what is the bible say that the family's responsible for education well-being um you know, health, all of that, not the government. The government was strictly created to protect the people from enemies, from outside enemies. But what is our government doing right now? Not that.
0: They're trying to protect ourselves from, they're trying to protect you from your own uh, ideas.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and taking over education and, you know, just everything. So.
0: Well, you um, know, it's, it's interesting you say that. And I was just thinking about like, just think about how a lot of things work in, in, in the Bible. It's all, you know, God is a God of order. So it's Mm -hmm. like, people have authority to do things. And it's like, we've given our authority to the government to do those things. And that's like, and so when you understand like that, God didn't just, just make Satan the ruler of this world. It's like the people gave him this world. You know, it's like, that's what it's like. Satan says, I'll give you these things. And they'll say, I'll take, you know, I'll take whatever you want to give me. It's like, yeah. It's interesting. I, I was talking to somebody recently about um, the, the Jesus, uh, Jesus being tempted by the devil in the desert, by Satan mm-hmm. in the desert. And if you think about this, this is kind of an interesting lesson, especially anybody who's going through any tough, tough spiritual attacks lately. Mm-hmm. So Jesus goes, gets baptized, the Holy Spirit rests on him. And the very next chapter is he's in the desert getting tempted by the devil. And okay. so, so right when his ministry is going to start, yeah. that's when the, the devil identifies him as a threat and comes right at him. Well, obviously he identified him as a while back trying to get him killed before. Like, but, but, he's, but he's obviously going at him. And so the interesting part was, so how does the devil come at him? He comes at him through use of scriptures. Hey, you're hungry, aren't you? You can use the scripture to make some bread, right? Yep. You, can, you, can, yep. you can save yourself if you fall. And so what he offers him, and see this is, and this is important for everybody who doesn't read their Bibles enough. Mm-hmm. The devil knows the scriptures. He knows them yep. well enough to twist them. And so he actually offered Jesus what Jesus was there to get. Yeah, he was there to get the nations. Mm-hmm. So Satan says, "I'll give them to you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go do all that hard stuff that the that, that the Father wants you to do. I'll give them to you. All you got to do is bow, bow down and worship me." Yeah. And so when you understand that that our enemy's not stupid, he just offered you what you what like you think you need to get, or what you actually what you're going to get. Not that way though. Yep. You know, not, not in that respect. It's like, you're supposed to do what, what God, thy will be done,
1: yep. you know,
0: Yeah. not, and you're you, not taking the shortcut to get it.
1: Yeah. And Jesus um, fights that with the proper use of scripture. And so I think it is a really good thing that everyone needs to be aware of. First off, know your Bible, yep. know scripture, right? You don't have to memorize every verse, but when the more time you spend in it, the more it like penetrates your heart and your soul and the Holy spirit will bring to mind that scripture when you need it. Um, and so yes, do memory verses all of that, but read your Bible. So number one, read your Bible and then know truth from almost truth. Like, so then if you are in that position and, and Satan's tempting you with this, like you need to know proper usage of that scripture. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think it is a really good lesson and also be aware, like if you're stepping into, um, doing work for God, any type of ministry, which we all should be in ministry. Yeah. Honestly, we all should be disciples making other disciples, right. Yeah. To go yeah. the great commission, each and every one of us, whatever your platform is, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's in your four walls of your house or your street, your church, your community, whatever it is, but you need to know scripture and know that he's going to attack you. Right. Satan's mm-hmm. not going to attack someone yeah. who, who is not doing anything. Who's lukewarm sitting on their butt watching Netflix. Right. He's already, so he's, he's, already gonna...
0: he's already got them. Yep. Yep. He
1: doesn't exactly. have to waste,
0: his, he hasn't waste his time with them. That's, yep. that's the interesting part. And you're hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I started to really understand that. that like you're, you're right. I think, but the best way to learn scripture, I think is to apply it to your life all the mm-hmm. time. And yeah. I think that it was interesting. I was thinking about it. Of course I called out John MacArthur kind of recently about his, when he was saying you can take the mark of the beast because how else would anybody get saved in the tribulation if you couldn't take the mark and still get saved? Obviously that's incorrect. But, um, yeah. but what I was saying was like, you can see these people have preached for a long time. They just like go back into the well. It's almost like they run out of stuff to talk about. And I was mm-hmm. talking to my brother and I said, and I thought, and for a second, I actually, I had like, I actually had a like a, you know, brain fire moment. I thought, well, I guess that's probably true. If you're preaching for 50 years, it would probably be like, um, what am I going to preach about today? And then I thought, like, you know what? That's not true because because the world around you keeps moving, and you mm-hmm. still have to you still have to continue to go back to what's true. Mm-hmm. And so it's always like, well, what about this situation? Well, what does the what does the word say about that? Yeah. You know, so yeah. so you always have to like come back to like this is our true north, and this is how we figure out our way. Yeah. And I think that that's always like so that's why a lot of these churches preach this milquetoast, you know, powerless gospel that's not relevant today. And so we come out here talking about the things that are happening and then how does that, you know, and of course we're looking for the signs, the times, because mm-hmm. the new Testament's is very clear. You're supposed to be knowing like the season you're in and they're always saying it's going to be soon. So if you're not looking for the signs, the yeah. Bible says you will be deceived by the time it gets here. So like we're looking and we're using the Bible to mm-hmm. navigate a world that is a, it's a, a bunch of lies. Yep. And, yeah. the, and the interesting thing about, say about the Great Commission what what we've done in church in America is not church. So work for what first of all the church is Peter says we're living we're living stones in God's temple. Jesus yeah. is the cornerstone, and so the Great Commission is not go grab people off the streets and bring them to your pastor so you can get them saved. Mm-hmm. It's go out, mm-hmm. go out. And so I think that like so so obviously you're doing a great job with that by like saying you know th- these are as bad as all the technology is. The fact yeah. that we can actually, you know, even I got, you know, so I know you're not, you have, you weren't one of them, but a lot of people on, when I got onto uh, Instagram, people were saying, you know how bad TikTok is. You know how bad TikTok is. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I was like, but guess what? Mm-hmm. It's the sick that need a physician. It's like, yep. those are the people, I, those are the people who really need to hear the, pe- hear, hear yeah. the good, the gospel. Yeah. And it's like, you could almost see like the Pharisees saying, you know how bad those bars and places yep. you go to go reach those sinners are yep. like, you know, you're hanging out with the sinners and it's like, yep. yeah, they need, they need the message more than anyone.
1: Yep. And that's what Jesus said too, right? He was yeah. with tax collectors and sinners and yep, absolutely. I mean, technology it's a love hate relationship, right? But we got, we, we have to, I think in this world right now, we have to make a stand. We have to be spreading the gospel and spreading truth, not the new age truth, not the Christ consciousness truth, right? But the mm-hmm. biblical foundation of truth because yep, when, by the time we get there, by the time Jesus comes back, it will be too late for many. And I do not believe there is a second chance. Um, mm. so I do not believe that there is like a secret rapture of the church. And then during the tribulation, people will come to Christ. I don't believe that at all. I was raised. This, like that.
0: I, this is why I love Jenny. Cause that, so that was what, <laughs> that was the first, the, the, the two things is like when she started, first of all, she liked my, uh, my TikToks, So I was like, she seems pretty okay. And then when she, then when I saw she was not a pre-tribber, I was like, oh, I gotta be on her podcast.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, that's the thing. I think like, you know, I was raised like that. I was, And, and so many churches are preaching that, but it wasn't until it was when I started to dig in literally 2019 up till now, like just digging in, I've probably read revelation five or six times in the past two years, two to three years and letting scripture interpret scripture and just really digging in there is no second chance that's the urgency but that's also the deception that satan wants to put out there in the world that hey those people when when you guys are poof out of here it's okay those people will find your podcast will listen to your podcast will understand um, yeah. what's going on and and get saved that way no Where's the urgency in that, right? And so that's why I think Satan's biggest deception is this pre-trib rapture belief that there will be a second chance. I 100 wholeheartedly disagree with that. Now,
0: so. uh, uh, no, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I was thinking we could, we, we could definitely talk about that because I because I believe I believe that 100 because it's like again, this is why you make the, you make most of this stuff so irrelevant that we're talking about because it's like. When I first got on TikTok, one of the first things I started doing was like I was made I made these videos about the end times. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I don't know how many people who claim to be Christians when they said, we don't have to worry about that, we're gonna be gone. Yep. And yep. I'm like, and, and I was like, I was like, first of all, even if that was true, even if there was a preacher, I had a video on there on TikTok that had a million views. Who are you talking to specifically that are gonna don't have to worry about it? Because this video is for everyone. Yeah. You know, so like, so the fact that you even said that. Yeah. You should be rebuked by saying you don't have to worry about it. some people have to worry about it. The Bible says that most people are going to get this Mark of the Beast. Yeah. So I'm telling you beforehand to be warned. Be warned. Do mm-hmm. not. And if the Bible's telling you, do not be deceived. And so. It tell me this, uh, the perfect life from the devil that says disregard the book at the end that actually says you get a blessing mm-hmm. if you read it or mm-hmm. read it aloud. If you read it aloud and you do the words, that it, the, fulfill the words in this prophet or do the words that it okay. says to do, you get a blessing and the devil says, guess what? You don't need to read it because you'll be gone.
1: Yep. Yep. And that's my fit. That literally is my favorite part of Revelation is that one um, chapter one, verse three, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things that are written in it for the time is near. That means obey, right? Like Why do I need
0: to heed those things? Because I'm going to be gone, Jenny. I'll be, yep. I'll be, I'll be, yep. I'll be at the wedding feast when y'all are getting your head chopped yep. off. Yep, exactly. People yep. believe that, isn't that, isn't that insane? Like, okay, so the the wedding feast is happening, even though part of the bride is getting getting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're uh, they're mutilated. You know, they're, yes. Yeah, they're getting they're getting. They're, it's like, yeah, and and the idea that that God is going to take out all the real strong Christians off the face of the earth to let the ones who obviously did not believe up until yet, you know, like you were gone. They didn't believe yesterday. And now they're, they got to be the saints. Yeah. They're going to be the tribute, the tribulation saints. Yeah. And I've actually, of course, I'm, I'm getting pretty close to saying, you know what it says at the end of the book of revelation, where it says, you know, like if you take away from the words of this prophecy, we're going to take a portion of your tree, of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. your portion of, you know, the tree of life away. And if you add to it, we're going to add the judgments that this yeah. prophecy has. And it's like, yeah. so if you say these are tribulation saints, where does it say that they're tribulation? It just says they're the saints. And if you say that, don't worry, we'll be gone. Mm-hmm. It's like, or, or you don't have to, or like, you don't have to worry about that because this is only for Israel. It's only Jacob's trouble even though the Bible never one they, they never say that one time in the new Testament, yeah. like that is such a no, lie.
1: We are grafted in the Gentiles are grafted in. We, I believe that there is like, it is the church now that's, you know, what I believe. And then I believe that we're going to be here during crazy times. And then we get caught up with, with Jesus at the marriage supper of the lamb. Like that's when we go to be with him right before, literally like simultaneously of God's wrath being poured out on this earth.
0: Yeah. See, I think that, I think that that's the, what we are talking about. So you have the, what, what's very clear. What's not clear is revelation because it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's it's very, it's hard to understand there's overlap and there's yep. what we really know is when you read Matthew 24 and and it tells you, Mm -hmm. here's the events directly after the tribulation of those days. And it talks about him cutting the tribulation short because if he didn't, there would be no flesh left. He comes mm-hmm. back, so then you then you see all the signs there. It says, "When well, the sun goes black, the moon turns to blood, the heavens shake, and then the yep. Son of Man comes on the clouds." Yep. Sixth seal. Yep. Yep. The sixth seal is when that stuff happens, and that's when all the kings of the earth and this is this is when the the good stuff starts to happen. They have to go hide in the rocks, and their hearts are failing them. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, because they know they know what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And I think so. I think the, the day. The, so that's your day of the Lord. That's the mm-hmm. start. Of, now, how long is the day of the Lord? Could be a thousand years. That could no, be so. No. Yep. That could be the start of the millennium. I, I think that's my my take. Is that is the start of the millennium because that's huh. the day, the day, the thousand years. So you come. Never heard so I think. That. So I think we're gonna go up, and we're gonna you know, like, and probably at some point we're coming down with them. Like you know what huh. I mean? Like, see, this is what this is why I, I this is my take is because some people ask, are you a pre-tripper, a mid-tripper, a, a post-tripper? I'm like, well, I'm I'm gonna kind of like just say that. The Bible talks about Daniel's 70th week, but it never really says it's seven years. It just says this is the 70th week. And yeah. so what we know is when I believe from the abomination of desolation to the end of the Antichrist, it's somewhere between 1,290 days or 1,335 uh, mm-hmm. days, because it talks about that he's given this much time. And it says, and I, I know it says in Daniel, it says, blessed is the one who keeps, you know, keeps, yeah. you know, stays, you know, faithful. Yeah for the whole. So I think there's your three and a half years and we know Jesus cuts it short at some point. So to us, it's like, that's when it's over. Cause like, cause you have tribulation, great tribulation, and then you have God's wrath. And to me, that's like, well, I guess, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be on that, that camp of like, we don't need to worry about that. Cause we're going to be gone. Yeah. Like, at is? That <laughs> point. That's yeah. My finish, our finish line of the day of the Lord.
1: And, and the thing is, though, with that term thousands, a thousand, I did a lot of research on this with the revelation study I just wrapped up. Um, so the the term thousands. So when you look at the Greek, it means uncertain affinity. So every place that it's used in revelation, 1000 is, it says it's on un, uncertain affinity. That's what it says. So ah, according, okay. according to the Strong's Concordance. And so I'm in the camp of... I don't necessarily think it's going to be seven years. I don't think it's going to be three and a half years. I think it's the time period that we do not know. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of am in the camp too, after doing this research that we are living in what's called the millennial right now, um, because it's uncertain affinity from the time that Jesus ascended to heaven until he comes back. Um, but I mean, that's a whole podcast for another day, um, because there's there's so much to that. So that's kind of where I am. I just know that it's going to get, things are going to get real. And we need to be prepared, and you don't get a second chance. That's no. kinda, I'm just like, there no, you
0: no, I'm 100 percent with you. But I, I, the one thing I don't know if what you if you have experienced this, and maybe we'll, we'll kind of close with this because I wanted to, um, I was going to maybe tack this on the end, but I thought it'd be good with you in here because I think you and I are pretty uh, see eye to eye on most of these things. But I don't know how many times I've been. So the, the things that I get a lot of grief for are, for one, you talk about the devil too much. You talk about the bad stuff too much, and and also. But yeah, I get attacked by Christians for a lot of those things, for the, those are the ones who are attacking you for, for talking about that stuff too much and for not being a pre-tribber. Yep. And so if you really think about it, the reason, I, I don't know how many people you probably reach that are not really Christians because you speak the truth about, you know, like they, they agree with you on so many things that you're saying when you point to all the evil in the world. And that's how you start to get like people who are not professing Christians. You know, or like, or maybe they have a. They're not really living in faith. You know, they're mm-hmm. they they wouldn't even admit that. I I don't go to church religion. They they'll yep. you know they'll bash uh, organized religion, which I kind of yep. will too. But they but they start to see like, wait a minute, she's right. Like the devil is very real, and then it's eventually like that's the kind of person who's going to give their life, going to surrender to God eventually. Mm-hmm. You're teaching mm-hmm. them, yep, and then. And so I get, so when you think about it, you're kind of getting attacked for, for saying, oh, Mm -hmm. do you ever, well, and my, the question is, I guess that was supposed to be a question. Do you, do you ever have any people give you grief for saying, Jenny, you talk about too, too much scary stuff?
1: Um, not necessarily that. Um, I mean, I had a lot of people unfollow me on Instagram and I've lost, um, relationships in person. Based on what I talk about, um, and I've come to terms with that, and that I'm I'm okay. I struggled at first with that. I don't really get that now, as far as like talking about too much scary stuff. I do get like those Christians of bashing me and unfollowing because I'm not pretrib rapture belief. So okay, I get that? Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: so I get a, I get a bit of both, but it, but what I found interesting is like, so I was reading, I was doing my um my quiet time on Sunday. And um, well, for one thing, we always go back. Like when my when, when we ever get that, I'm always like Ephesians 5:11. Mm-hmm. Take no part in the f- for wars of darkness, but instead expose them. And so, yeah. like people are like, oh, well, it says later you're not even supposed to talk about those things. And it's like, so it's like, so here's here, so here's my now I I came up with like I said I didn't come up with this, but I was reading John again. Mm-hmm. And of course, most people don't read past the 3:16. So I went mm-hmm. all the way down to 3:19, <laughs> and it says, and he's saying. And this is the judgment that light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than light because their works were evil for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light lest his works should be exposed. Yeah. Like, so there you go. So there's your like, there's your Ephesians five eleven. The light is the what exposes the darkness. Yeah. And so if you really think about Jesus's ministry, you know, who's mad at him. Not the people in the bars, not mm-hmm. not the prostitutes, not the people that they're telling him not to go talk to. It's the people who are in the religious part because right. he's because he says this. The context of this is John three is John two. He was going into the temple and, and yeah. chasing out the money changers. Yeah, and so these are the people who hated Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so then I so it made me think like Matthew twelve. So you're talking about light, and so Matthew twelve or Matthew seven. Is when he's talking about money, so it's interesting. He's talking about money, and you think about the you think our modern church, and he's mm-hmm. and he's talking about. Oh, wait, here we go. Uh, Matthew. Uh, sorry, I wish I would. I should have had this pulled up. Anyway, <laughs> no, it was not Matthew. It was um, it was in Matthew six. Okay, so it's saying so Matthew six twenty two, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So I think when I first read that, I didn't know what he meant, meant by like the light. But what I understood is like now it's like if you can't see, yeah. if you can't tell the difference between what's yeah. good and what's bad, well, yeah, if your eyes are bad, obviously you think you go, you go into a dark room, you don't know what's there. Yeah. And and so so this so this is where I hopped back over to. to I remember in the Hebrews, and this is this is kind of how I close this is. So Hebrews, um, Hebrews five, and I know it's at the end of the chapter. Okay, so this is like the context is he's telling people. Okay, you're like people are on these babies' milk. So says so we'll start with the verse eleven. It says about this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull in hearing. For though by this time you sh- you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic prim- principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. And then, so verse thirteen says. So this is where I get into. It. It's like, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish between good from evil. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so, so this is the 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 mature this yeah. mature believer this is what we're talking about because we're navigating a minefield mm-hmm. and we're pointing out the minds now and you know what the people who want to live in darkness they yeah. don't like the light because it exposes their own wickedness mm-hmm. and it's like that's and i think that more than anything like jesus got crucified by the religious leaders Yeah, know that was that's who that's who put him put him to death and so I guess when you when you are preaching the truth, and this is why he said, you're going to be hated mm-hmm. for being like me. And yeah. it's not and, and this, and the crazy part is when I, when I realized it, it meant, wait a minute, he's not talking about the people in the world. He's talking about the people in your church. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the people. He's talking about the people who, who claim to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. And they're the ones who are like, they question your intentions. They judge you. They say like, why are you talking about it like that? You know, it's, yeah. it's um, but I found that I found that very interesting because it's like, but that's but that message right there is a message for everyone, you know, because it's, it's it's so easy for for um, for the pious, for the people who are living by, you know, like they've created a workspace salvation. You either have the, the with Nicolaitans who are all about this, this cheap grace. Yeah. Oh, well, Jesus already died for me, so I can do whatever I want. And that, yeah. leads, they lead, that leads the other camp into now we're going back to the old law. And yep. we're like, no, the righteous live by faith and we're supposed yep. to, we're supposed to walk in it and we're hated by both sides. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, you know what, this is what Jesus said was going to happen.
1: Yep. And consider it all joy. <laughs>
0: well, I guess at the end of the day, all these things that we, that we, we see and we experience, these are the things that are like, they're, they're more confirmation that's true. So, mm-hmm. so even this, even the stuff we're talking about that gets a little on the scary side of like, Oh gosh, is that really going to happen? You know, it's, it's funny. Cause I talk, we talk about it so much every now and then it sinks in, wait a minute, mm-hmm. this is like, look at the news headline. That's yeah. that could happen tomorrow. And then you're like, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: but overall, I, you know, I think you and I both have the, have the hope and, and, mm-hmm. the, you know, like I said, go back into the sixth seal, you know, um, yeah. revelation six. And it's like. When he comes back, that's our hope. That's our redemption. Yeah. Look mm-hmm. up. Your d- redemption draws night. So when when certain people are going to be terrified, having heart attacks, they're they're gonna be so scared. We're gonna be like, <sighs> yep. you know, it's gonna yep. be so awesome.
1: Yep. Cannot wait for that day.
0: Yeah. Be good. Well, yeah, anyways, I, I think that... I think I'm gonna close on that. If you want to have anything yeah. else to, to say, um
1: No, I was just gonna say like that, that. Hebrews five, that 14, but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Like that is such a good verse to end on, like get in the Bible, feed yourself that solid food. So, yeah.
0: You need well, it. What it talks about, and what it talks about, and especially in like with the prophets and what Jesus talks about, and especially, obviously you think about like the book of revelation, where you talked about, you get a blessing for mm-hmm. reading it. It's like Jesus says to all the churches: If you have an who ha- he who has an ear, yeah. let him hear. And I think yeah. that's what I say. So we need good ears and good eyes, yeah. and and that's how and that's how we're going to, um, you know, survive this whole crazy world.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: Great way to close. Well, it was great having you on, and I I think in the future we already talked about we're going to have. I think this might be more of a regular thing because I think Jenny and I get along so well. I'm going to go back on her podcast here um, in probably like, next month. And mm-hmm. uh, do you want to do you want to plug your uh, your uh, your the Rooted Truth?
1: Yeah. Um, so I have the Rooted Truth podcast and I have a members only podcast that stems off of that. So it's the Rooted Truth exclusive. So those are more of the fringe topics, deep dives. Um most of them I do write scripts. <laughs> and um, so, kind of just, you know, taking the veil off of the lies of this world. So, if you are, I guess, if you're listening and you're interested in that, head over to therootedtruth.com and all of the info is on there. And yeah, the podcast is on all major podcast platforms, but all the information of the podcast in general is at com.
0: Yeah. And I was, I was telling Jenny before she came on, I said, I was, I was binging her, uh, is, is the exclusive, uh, Super conspiratorial uh, <laughs> members only part, and it's yeah. well worth it. So I I enjoyed that. Thank but you me. know what would be a good way to get a starter into Jenny's podcast is check out was it episode forty nine with your. I
1: don't remember what it was. Let me check. Let me I, check I, real fast. Forty
0: nine. Yeah, episode forty nine. Yeah. So I knew because I was plugging it. Yeah. With you with your boy. If you want to hear, if you haven't heard me talk enough, you can hear me talk with Jenny <laughs> again and talk way more than I ever did tonight. Even though know, I probably still talked over her too much. Yeah, we
1: talked about symbolism, occult monuments on that one. Yeah, it was a good, good podcast. Episode 49 on the Rooted Truth.
0: But yeah, so we'll we'll definitely try to make this a regular thing. But yeah, definitely check out Jenny's stuff. Um, you can find her on Instagram as well. That's, her, that's how I found her. And um, yeah, you keep doing You keep uh, preaching, uh, sister. Thank you're you. are doing, doing a great job. Thank you.
1: I appreciate it.
0: Well, I love you guys. And we'll guys see you on the next uh, uh, Nameless Podcast by JT College Thanks. See ya. Yeah. Yikes.